John 14, verses 15 through 17. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Proverbs 8, verses 1-4 through 4. Does not wisdom cry out, and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand at the top of the high hill, beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. Wisdom's part in creation. The Lord created me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of long ago. Ages ago, I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth when there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills I was brought forth. When he had not yet made earth and fields or the world's first bits of soil, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above. When he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, when then I was beside him like a master worker, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the human race. So I want to add my congratulations to our seniors. I know that it might not be much of a consolation, but I think the class of 2020 is probably going to be the most famous graduating class in the last 50 years, and hopefully for 50 years to come. You've done it. You've made it under unimaginable circumstances. So congratulations to all of our seniors, and I appreciate uh, their participation in the service today. It is also Trinity Sunday which is the Sunday in the church year where we recognize the uniqueness of our faith, how it is that we believe in one God, three in one, how it is that we believe that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is who we take our cue from, all of one God, and yet bringing us to different understandings of faith. Let us pray. Holy God, three in one, we gather this day to recognize your presence in our lives. Surely you have gifted us with all of this creation, with life and love. Surely you have gifted us, Lord, with an understanding of biblical justice and peace. Surely, Father, you have gifted us with salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ, and transformation through the power of your Holy Spirit. We give again this day to you. Be with us now as we worship, and may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For it's in the name of the Holy Spirit that we offer this prayer, even as it isn't by the power of the Holy Spirit that we live. Amen. 
So when I was thinking about how it is we would approach the month of June, what shall we think about over the next few weeks after Easter? The essential nature of the Holy Spirit was what I kept coming back to. Now, hang with me for a little bit because I want to explain this. I think it's important. What is the essential nature of the Holy Spirit? And how is it that, that the essential nature of the Holy Spirit brings essence to the lives of believers? And so we, we had Pentecost just last week when we understood how the Spirit has come down and given birth to the church. And now we begin to understand how it is the Spirit changes our lives, transforms us in faithfulness. And so I began to think, and I was putting together our celebration of our seniors and the wonderful questions that youth sometimes ask, the eager minds that aren't afraid to question things, not yet, hopefully not ever. And I remember the youth group where my husband and I worked maybe 15 or 20 years ago, and I've told you all this before, but they loved to ask the question, so what? And so we're going to unpack that a little bit. The Holy Spirit has come down and, and given birth to the church, so what? The church likes to talk about the essential nature of the Spirit, but so what? What does that mean in our lives? The Holy Spirit gave birth to the church in diversity. So what? The Holy Spirit gave birth to the church in a city named for peace. So what? How is it that the Spirit gives us life and enlivens who we are as believers? And so in thinking about the so what, of course, I went to that beloved text in Galatians 5. And quite simply, it's the fruits of the Spirit. And perhaps you know these. We see them cross-stitched cross on, on, um, in frames on our walls. Or we see the fruits of the Spirit on uh, bumper stickers. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control, generosity, and faithfulness. These are the fruits of the Spirit. And how wonderful that would be or will be for us to consider these fruits in our lives. I mean, what do quarantining people need more than a little more patience? And what do we who are social distancing need more in our lives than a little more kindness? And what do parents who, who need the time out ourselves now, and we need a long time out, what, wouldn't it be great if we had a little more self-control? And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be un unpacking that and, and how these gifts manifest themselves in our lives. And, and then this week, these last few weeks, and the happenings in our nation, the devastation, that we saw beginning with the death of George Floyd and then how the reaction, the legitimate protests in our streets, but also the illegitimate destruction. How is it that our society could also use a little bit more of these gifts of the Spirit? We need more than ever, perhaps, more love, more joy, more self-control, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, generosity. We need these as a people. A little more to help us get through these difficult days. But here's what I want to say. We're not going to get to the fruits of the Spirit just yet because here's what I believe to be true. The fruits of the Spirit are a gift to believers. The fruits of the Spirit are a gift to believers, but here's the thing. They are not a given even in our lives. 
The fruits of the Spirit are, are a gift that we can embrace when we come into this relationship with Christ. And, and it's manifested through the power of the Holy Spirit transforming our lives. But folks, this gift is not a given. Because these attributes, these characteristics, these fruits of the Spirit will not take hold in our lives unless we submit to the power of the Holy Spirit. These gifts will not be what you and I witness to the world that is in such desperate need of them unless we give over control. Unless we say, not my will, but thine, O Lord. Unless we say, I can't do this alone. And we submit to the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. We need it now more than ever. We need it in our homes. We need it in our state. We need it in our country. We need these gifts, but they will not be part of our witness. Until people of God submit every day to the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we say that the, the church was born at Pentecost on that one day long ago in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit gave birth to the church. But y'all, the Holy Spirit's been laboring a really long time being birthed in us. The Holy Spirit still is working in and through us and this labor is long and we must agree to it each and every day. Now, this text that was read from Proverbs illustrates to us just how long, again, the Spirit's been working. It goes back to the beginning of creation and, and it recounts for us how it is the Spirit has lived and moved in the lives of God's people for millennia way since the beginning of time. And so, so we see that this spirit is patient with us as, as it labors to bring forth a witness for God, a blessing from God through us, the people of God. We see this spirit is committed. And yet what we're going to talk about a little bit more today is how is it that we allow ourselves to be part of what the spirit wants to do? How is it that we prepare ourselves to manifest those gifts and those fruits of the Spirit? And it's nothing less than submission. And I don't like that word perhaps any more than you do. But it is our role to submit to what it is God wants for this world. And the justice and the peace that God longs for this day. And so what I want to do is really just focus on those first four verses of chapter 8, of chapter, in Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. Now, I think when I read this text at the beginning of the week, I thought, okay, God just slapped me up by the head, as we say in Dalton, Georgia. Just hit me over the top of the head and tell me what you want me to say, because I'd have to work pretty hard not to get a word from God in this text today. Not to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to all of us in the text of this day. It's just too direct and too spot on and too on the mark for us to try to ignore. Does not wisdom call and does not understanding raise her voice on the heights beside the way? At the crossroads, she takes her stand beside the gates in front of the town. At the entrance of the portals, she cries out, 
To you, O people, I call, and my cry is to all that live. There's wisdom today in the streets. Just as Proverbs spoke of long ago, there is wisdom that is calling out from our streets. The message, the translation from Eugene Peterson puts it that, this way, wisdom has taken her stand at first in Maine. Understanding has set up camp at the busiest intersection in our town, right in the city square. She shouts, I'm talking to you, all who live. And so we begin to understand that it is wisdom, perhaps, not always, but perhaps. And in these times, for sure, it is wisdom that stands in the street and raises her voice and calls to us from the crossroads. Think about it. What is the message we are hearing from the streets in the United States? Where is the voice of wisdom and understanding for the love of God? Are we listening for this public's call from the Holy Spirit? You don't have to work hard to hear this message in the scripture today. Now, you might have to work hard to hear wisdom above all the other voices that are calling. I know that. There is a lot of noise, there is a lot of chaos in our streets right now. As I said earlier, there is legitimate protest, a legitimate call for justice and a peace that comes through justice, absolutely. There are illegitimate calls that seek to, to sound out or overtake those voices of peace and justice for their own sake. The voice is calling, perhaps it is a struggle to hear, but we've got to make the effort to hear wisdom as she stands at the busy intersection and calls out to all people. This week, I believe that wisdom is not only shouting from the busiest corner of First and Main, but wisdom is calling out to us from the bridge that was shut down between Brooklyn and Manhattan. And I think wisdom is calling out to us from D.C. and L.A. and Atlanta and Minneapolis. I think wisdom is calling out to us from Freedom Park in Charlotte. Will you lend an ear? Will you work with me to help and try to understand what wisdom is saying to us from the public byways, how it is even that wisdom might be speaking into the lives of believers from outside the walls of a church. This is what's going on. The scriptures tell us, does not wisdom call and does not understanding raise her voice beside the byway and at the crossroads. Sometimes I think wisdom is shouting so loudly, she's gonna go hoarse. But somewhere between her sobs, I think we're getting a message from God. I think we're getting, if we are willing to submit ourselves to put God's will over our own, I think we're getting that transforming power that if we submit to it, we, the people of God, shall be part of the solution to the racism that exists in our nation. And I think that wisdom is calling for us to do that. The question is, will we give it over? 
Will we submit? Will we listen to this voice? Now, here's what I think she's saying. Here's what I think that she says above all the other chaos in our streets. Here's what I think she says that is a faithful, transformative call for you and I who are willing to submit to her words and her power. It's an enormous message. It's a simple message for the people of God, and yet it is far from easy. Here it is. Wisdom simply says to us, for the sake of God, in the name of Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, can you just do unto others as you would have them do unto you? That's all. Simple, yet far from easy. The Spirit raises her voice in the words of Christ, these words that most of us have known from the beginnings of our journey of faith, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, quite plain and simple. And yet it calls on us to submit because we don't give over our power easily. And it calls on us to submit because there's no way our wills can be transformed into the very will of God if we don't. And it calls on us each and every day, sometimes hour by hour, to let ourselves go so that the Spirit of God may take charge. She's calling in the streets, just treat me. Just treat others like you want to be treated. Just behave in a way that you want to see others behave. I probably should just leave it at that. Wisdom is calling to us from the streets. Listen up, she says again and again and again, that very simple message. Whatever you want done to yourself, whatever you want for yourself, do it for somebody else. Take initiative, step up, be the first. That's what Jesus did. And I believe it's what he is calling on his church, his body, the people of God to do this day as we submit to the Holy Spirit. She's calling in Freedom Park. She's calling on Lancaster Highway. She's calling on Trade and Tryon. She's calling in Pineville and Ballantyne. Will we listen? And when we let go of ourselves for just a minute, our pleasures, our preferences, our wills, our thoughts, and submit them to the power of the Spirit, it's not going to work if we don't. I think it's interesting here in Proverbs, and, and we don't see this a lot in, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Scriptures, so it's important that we pay attention to it when it's there. She says, wisdom is crying from from the byways and at the entrance and the portals of the town she cries out and she cries this to all people. God is going beyond the people of God asking for wisdom to be proclaimed publicly on the public square, in the public streets, in the parks, in the schools, in our workplaces, all over. God is asking for wisdom and understanding that comes from him to be part of the day. And folks, if the church, the very body of Christ, doesn't take this moment and seize it, who will? It's our witness. This is our understanding of God three in one and how it is the Holy Spirit seeks to transform our lives and transform this world through us. 
It's a tall order. But it's who we have been called to be. And it's who we are being shaped as by the power, the transforming power of God's spirit. Now, as I said, it's Trinity Sunday. We bring in this understanding of Holy Spirit with the words of Christ and and God the Father who calls us all together and is part of this journey along with us. And I want to just close with something I think is so interesting. When we speak of the Trinity in Orthodox theology, and I'm speaking of Eastern Orthodox, so much of what we do in the West is take our cues from Catholicism. This is the Eastern Orthodox Church, and John Wesley loved to read the Orthodox Fathers um, in his studies. But the Orthodox Church describes the Trinity as those who dance together. Isn't that great? The Trinity and this relationship, this unique and miraculous relationship of three and one are, are those who dance together in order to bring completion and transformation to this world. We are all part of this dance, which I think means for us, people of God, that we've got to have a partner. Not somebody simply that we are dancing with step by step necessarily, but we've got to have a partner in each other because we'll never get through the dance if we aren't here for one another, encouraging one another, holding each other accountable, calling each other to submit as we submit. We can't do it on our own. It's not our human nature. And yet even in the very Trinity, we see this example of how the people of God live and move and breathe in tandem. You know, when you dance, if you take the same step as your partner, you're going to get your feet stepped on. Dancing doesn't all look alike. It is done and ebbs and flows and moves and counter moves. And this is part of the church. This is part of who we are. And if we want to continue that analogy, it quite simply is that we are those who dance and the Holy Spirit, wisdom, is the one who calls the next move. Wisdom is the one who invites us to take that next step as God's people for the sake of the world. Again, how is it that we live and move and have our being as God's people? How is it that we listen out for the one who calls our moves or next play? How is it that we are willing to be attentive to the voice in the byways coming from our streets, begging us to be part of understanding this world through God's eyes? How is it that we are attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit calling from the portals, from Trade and Tryon, from Ballantyne, Highway 51, wherever? How is it that we are willing to take our cue from the wisdom of God? It begins with our willingness to submit. God help us. It's not easy. But it is exactly who we are called to be. Amen. Wisdom is standing in the street and she is calling. May the people of God listen. May the people of God be transformed so that we may be a witness of God's justice and peace in this world. Amen.